This is the EWN Podcast Network. Welcome to Lead Without Limits, the podcast that explores how your mind and soul energy, together with your actions and intentions, impact your leadership presence and bring heart and consciousness into your life. Join your host, certified business and life coach, Stefania Rigo, as she brings you stimulating conversations with women who lead in business in their community. And as she gives you the wisdom you need to help shape the future of society and our planet. Now here's your host, Stefania. Hey, y'all. Thank you for listening in. I'm Stefania, the host of the Lead Without Limits podcast. Today, I don't have a guest. I'm flying solo. And I thought I would share some information that my coaching clients in my private practice absolutely love. This is the five pillars of leading a team to excellence. I know often when we hear the word team, we think of the traditional interpretation, right? We think of directly supervising or leading a team of in-house staff members that directly report to us. If that is the situation you're in, that is true. You are leading a team by traditional definition. As a business and leadership coach and entrepreneur, I coach a lot of solopreneurs and entrepreneurs that rely on outside vendor partners as part of their team and may or may not have any direct reports at all. They are also leading a team. This conversation applies to both situations because if we are an entrepreneur that relies on an outside team of vendor partners to run and grow a successful business, we must lead them much like we would an in-house direct report team. We have to have a shared vision and a leadership model because we're leading these outside vendor partners in a way that we ensure they meet our business objectives and needs. And we have to give them the support and the tools that they need to do that, much like we would direct reports on a team. So let me introduce you to the five pillars and then we'll talk about each one in some detail. So the five are, number one, communicate clear objectives and expectations. Number two, observe behavior. Number three, ask for and give feedback. Number four, Remove barriers. Number five, coach. So let's start with number one, communicate clear objectives and expectations to your team. This starts with you as a leader having clarity on what your goals are, what the 
steps and actions needed for each team member are to support you in meeting those goals. The expectation that those goals will be met. This is, I would say, probably the foundational first step of a great leadership model. How you communicate it needs to be in various ways. So one way is meeting, a goal planning meeting, a strategy meeting, whatever you want to call it, where you bring the team together, whether, they're, again, they're in-house or they're outside vendors, you have to have a meeting with them, preferably in person, but we've gotten so used to remote work that you know it's kind of become the mainstay. So either in person or um, remote. Now, this is not a team building activity. Hopefully you have team building activities so that everybody feels like they're part of a shared vision. This is more about communicating goals and action steps, milestones and benchmarks and expectations on who will be responsible for what, where we are going and a vision that brings us together for that ultimate goal. So it starts with your being clear on what your expectations are and what your objectives are and then sharing them with the team. So in addition to live, then I also believe it's important to support any live or remote live meetings with the team uh, about this project or these goals to also support that in writing with some sort of uh, task system with timelines. What will the daily actions be, right? Uh, who is responsible for what daily to bring us towards uh, the goal? Uh, what are the weekly expectations of how we're going to measure that we're meeting those goals? And how are we going to measure them? So what are the, what is the goal clearly stated? What action steps need to be taken to get to that goal? What will the weekly reporting be of working towards that goal? And what will the monthly and quarterly expectation be? so that we're measuring how and communicating to the team what the expectation is day by day, week by week and month by month to reach these goals. We're not just putting a goal out there and expecting them to get it, to get there and to figure out how to get there on their own. So we communicate it in person. We communicate it with some sort of written document. 
We want timelines, again, with breakdowns. We want concrete activities so that they are very clear on what the expectations are. Once that's been communicated, then a true leader trusts that giving the team kind of a vision of the goal and expectations on actions and deliverables and milestones, we then anticipate that and we trust that we've got the right team on board and we can step back and let them go about making the uh, uh, making their daily, weekly, monthly goals. While we're observing behavior, we're not micromanaging. However, we're pretty active and um, we are um, checking in informally on, on how they're doing, which brings us to the next step, ask for and give feedback. I see that step two and three uh, very closely knit together. They're building on each other. As we observe their behavior, we need to ask them for feedback. So we might have weekly meetings, right? And the weekly meetings are not about putting anybody on the spot about where they are on their deliverables um, and on their timeline and on their actions. They're really about asking for feedback on was the goal that you set uh, uh, realistic? Uh, who is um, on board with the goal and really enthusiastic and passionate about it? Who are you observing or getting feedback from that may have some reservations as to whether the goal is realistic or uh, whether they are uh, all in on it and have the skill sets? to support. So I always ask for feedback first and then give feedback. So based on your observation of behavior and asking them for feedback on how they're doing and progressing, you then get to give them feedback on are there, or is it just somebody that is uh, not fully understanding the expectations? Are there barriers? because they don't have the skills or the tools they need to make that goal a reality because you're not doing their job, right? As the leader, you're delegating. So you're not in the trenches on the ground dealing with the reality day to day. Your goal hopefully is lofty and uh, communicated with passion and clearly uh, communicated to the team and you've done your due diligence, it's a lofty goal, but a goal that can be accomplished. But sometimes we don't know what uh, barriers and um, what, what we might have to pivot on, right? As we get to a goal, we, may, we have problems we've anticipated, but problems we haven't. And that feedback the team members give you is where you get to see where you have to make adjustments and do some pivoting on your goals. 
So that brings us to number four, remove barrier. Also very interrelated. You see how these build on each other to asking for and giving feedback because in that feedback, what you want to hear is, okay, what tools, what skills, what support do you need to remove the barriers you're running into? Are they time management barriers? Have I actually not been realistic with the other responsibilities you have on what daily actions you can take towards these objectives? Um, or are you running into needing support from some or information from somebody else, either another vendor partner or inside the team, if it's a direct report team, and, and you're ending up not, the flow is not happening of communication within the team. So that asking and giving feedback is super important. You're kind of a sleuth. You're a little detective at that point, trying to see what is in the way of getting there. And in step four, once you've heard that, you've got to remove the barriers so that the team can proceed towards meeting the objectives and expectations. If the barriers are such that they cannot be removed, that's where as a leader, you get great feedback and an opportunity to pivot and perhaps adjust those objectives and expectations. So super important, number three and number four, starting always with asking for feedback before you give it. However, giving feedback is just as important. If you have somebody on the team and you overestimated either their hard skills, their soft skills, or the time they have, it's very important for them not to feel that they're failing and kind of operating in a silo and nobody appreciates the fact that they don't have the resources to do what they enthusiastically wanted to do, but simply can't do. So at that point, the giving feedback might be to coach and support them, which takes us to step five, not in removing barriers necessarily, but in helping them either up their skill level or gain the confidence they need to solve the problem. So you're not solving it for them, you're supporting them in solving it. So that's step five, coaching. Now I have to say that a lot of times within organizations or as we own our own businesses, we're experts in our field, but our field is not coaching. You know, we're not coaches. You might be accountants, attorneys, own your own wellness clinic, be working for a nonprofit as an executive director, be working for a financial institution as a senior vice president, no matter what your role is, whether you're self-employed or working within a large organization, we don't always get to a leadership role because we have great coaching skills. We get there because we have great hard skills. We have great uh, soft skills that make us experts in our field. It's very important 
once we get to a leadership level to understand how to have courageous and difficult conversations with your staff, your clients, your vendor partners. I believe that every leader needs to up their coaching skills to really elevate their team, to really meet big goals and growth. If you're in a leadership position, you need to invest in your coaching skills. Now that does not mean going to school to become a coach, not necessary. However, hiring a coach will not only coach and support you in elevating your leadership, skills. It will also, if you have the right coach, model coaching conversations, right? In my coaching sessions, I want, my intention is to not solve my client's problems. I'll share processes like this. I'll use, for example, the five pillars of leading a team to excellence to support them in improving their communication skills, in improving their skills and getting clarity around coach uh, around goals and, and developing measurable goals and understanding how to ask and give for feedback. However, ultimately, my greatest wish is that if I'm a good coach to them, they will learn from the way I coach my language that they can also use and apply a model to grow themselves as a coach because every leader is a coach for their team. So if you feel that when you get to number five, the pillar being coach your team to support him in achieving goals and objectives. If that is where you kind of hit the hit the wall, uh, that's okay. Those are soft skills you can definitely gain for yourself. There's coaching information and coaches out there that can help you develop those. There is so much more to say about each one of these five areas. What I hope I've done here today is given you some value and some basic information that you can start thinking about this as kind of a model uh, that you use as you develop your team and you implement goals and projects for your team and execute them. My call to action to you is to take the time to evaluate where your strengths are in each of the five pillars. So what is your strongest pillar? And then to take some time evaluating where you think you can gain some additional skills and spend some time developing those skills. So do that, spend some time 
looking at both your strengths. It's important to know where our strengths are just as important as knowing where we need to up-level. In terms of up-leveling a team's performance, for the leader, it starts from the inside out. So if you wanna up-level your team's performance, you have to up-level yourself from the inside out. So it's not just going out and practicing, you know, communication. It's actually about your understanding where your communication strengths are and where they are not and finding support in building where you want to grow. Hey, if you'd like to meet with me, talk to me more about my coaching practice or the five pillars of leading a team to excellence, I am all in. Love to hear from my audience. Please email me either directly at Stefania, spelled S-T-E-F like Frank, A and like Nancy, I-A, at Stefania Rigo, last name is R-I-G-O, dot com. Or you can go to my email, I mean, excuse me, my website, www.stefania, S-T-E-F-A-N-I-A, R-I-G-O dot com. And look me up and email me through the website. Take care and take action. Thank you for joining us for this episode of Lead Without Limits. Each week, we bring you stimulating conversations with women who lead in business and their community. If you would like to listen to or download other episodes of Lead Without Limits, go to EWNpodcastNetwork.com. This podcast is also available on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and most other major podcast sites. Until next time, remember that as leaders, we have the power to shape the future of society and our planet. We hope you make use of the wisdom you've gained here today to lead without limits in your own life. Thanks for listening. This is the EWN Podcast Network.